Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. Today is Friday, August 11th. Zach, me and, me and you, our asses are in the jackpot. Our asses are in the jackpot with the take that there was going to be less no-hitters with the pitch clock because this the complete true. opposite has happened. Uh, we are bad luck. You should gamble again. You should fade everything we say, essentially, because it's just guaranteed. Maybe just everything I say, because it's just guaranteed to fucking happen. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, second start as a Philly, first in Philadelphia, no hitter with the uh, with the Phillies against the Nationals. Nationals, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a sick game, and he did it in Vans too. So for yeah, all you that was... skateboarders, Cali, four twenty people, <laughs> Vans, one of, no, one of was... yours, one of yours just threw a no hitter, nine full innings, four walks, five Ks for Lorenzen on his line to a uh, to a no hitter. It was an impressive no hitter. A lot of guys throw no hitters, and then you hear after they talk about, oh, I couldn't have done it without my defense, blah, blah, blah. He really needed his defense. Only five strikeouts and a no hitter is like, that's not a lot. He really pitched to contact. His players behind him made the right plays, and he didn't make a lot of mistakes. 124 pitches in the entire game. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. 124 pitches. A lot of pitches. Those are a lot of, a lot of darts to be thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, but like obviously you have to let it ride out. And to be honest, it, this might be like a bad take, but I think some pitch counts are too low for guys. I think guys can go way longer than a lot of teams let them. And I understand it's it's about longevity and it's about a lot of these guys that are on contract. It's a long-term investment, not for one season. But there's a lot of guys out there that could be pushed 120, 130 pitches and they would be okay. Yeah, I mean, I think trying to like remember how many pitches Johan Santana. Uh, let's see, because uh, he he had a lot. How many pitches did he have? Uh, One hundred and thirty-four pitches, and he was like never the same after that. He, he like he had. I want I want to actually see. How many uh, how many games Johan pitched in the major leagues after that no hitter? Because like that cool no hitter though. He's I mean, and people forget the fact that if replay was around during this time, it would not have been a no hitter. Because Carlos Beltran got a hit down the left field line, and it was clearly a fair ball and was called foul. Uh, okay, so he threw his no hitter in 2012 at 33 years old. And never pitched beyond that season again. Maybe he didn't want to. Uh, well, I know he tried to. Let, let's see. We're gonna go to Wikipedia right now. We're gonna we're getting really <laughs> into this. This is the Johan Santana segment you weren't expecting. Uh, I don't think anybody so in, could have predicted this. All right. So, uh, okay. Yep. So he threw the no hitter. In, on June 1, 2012, 2013, he had a shoulder surgery uh, that was performed before the season, missed the entire season. In November of t- 2013, the Mets bought out his 2014 option, making him a free agent. In 2014, signed a minor league contract with the Orioles. Uh, 
And on June 6th in a minor league, in an extended spring training start, he tore his Achilles, missed the entire 2014 season, 2015 signed a contract with the Blue Jays, uh, and tore a muscle in his shoulder while throwing and just decided to not come back after that. Probably a smart decision. Yeah, probably a smart decision. He what he fun fact, uh Carlos uh, Carlos Santana. Johan Santana, uh Minnesota Twin Hall Minnesota Twin Hall of Fame class of twenty eighteen. Should have been. Yeah. Cy Young. Cy Young winner. Led the AL in ERA twice, once in wins, three times in strikeouts. It's a good pitcher. Absolutely. Yeah, so back to Michael Lorenzen and his no-hitter, and we're getting sidetracked. Uh, yeah, shit take by us. This is, what, the third no-hitter already this year? There was yeah, a combined. You know, there was, was Framer Valdez, and now this. And a perfect game. And a perfect game. Right, right. I forgot <laughs> Domingo Herman no-hit his wife also. Oh, he didn't no-hit her. We need Maybe a sound we effect. be saying that. <laughs> We need a sound effect for that. No, but you're right. We sound fucking dumb. We sound really stupid. I, I I thought that was such a good take from us. What? You thought it was a good take that we said? Uh, that, like, that would be harder to come by. But I guess when a guy's dominant, he's just dominant. It just happens. It's weird. Yeah. it's 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 really weird. It's really weird that, like... The exact opposite has happened with the pitch clock, and I know I really thought the pitch clock was going to throw off timing for a lot of guys, and wasn't going to give them like ample opportunity to catch their breath and really think through these pitches. But it's honestly probably made pitchers better. There's less thinking involved. There's less of that uh, man in the arena setting that you really have pitcher versus batter. It's like very. It's one of the more unique things you have in sports where it's a one on one mano y mano. Uh, I think and it's the, definitely and, and, and the right. time and I feel like the pitch clock has definitely taken the the thought out of it because how can you really think about each pitch when in the back of your mind you have a ticking clock? It's really it's very true. I think it's definitely helped a lot of guys. Like there's a lot of guys out there who like to work fast and they like to get the ball, get on the mound, and fucking throw it. And to those guys, it, it really helps. And then there's we've seen guys struggle and. This year, especially, we've seen guys, you know, who were very good last year, who have struggled this year. Just Alec Manoa, you know, Sandy Alcantara, guys who were dominant last year, not be very good this year. And, you know, you could point to the pitch clock because it's the one thing that's changed over the year besides that they're a year older. But I think it's definitely helped a lot of guys because there's a lot of guys out there who really do just like to get the ball, get on the mound and throw it. And it makes them work better. It throws the pitchers off. It throws, I mean, excuse me, it throws the batters off and. You just really get into a rhythm and you get pitch by pitch. You just get better and better. And Lorenzen in this game did that. He just got better and better every pitch, 124 pitches, and they were all fantastic. I'm pretty sure 75 of them were for strikes. You know, four walks, not what you want to see. He probably wouldn't have been at 124 pitches if he didn't have four walks. But, hey, he threw a no-hitter. Great job to the defense. Great job to Lorenzen. Second start as a Philly. And the Phillies are making noise right now. I, I, I... think they're primed for another run just like they had last year if they get guys to just turn it on once it becomes playoff time this is going to be a team that's very scary because this is not a team at the beginning of the year that people were not expecting to be back they were in the world series last year they added trey turner 
They added Taiwan Walker. Like people expected this team to be back in the playoffs this year. And as they were underperforming, I feel like a lot of people forgot about the Phillies. A lot of people lost hope and they were like, oh, last year was just a fluke, blah, blah, blah. No, this team is very good. They are coming right now. I feel like we talk about every podcast, I say it, that the Phillies are coming. They're getting hot at the exact right time. And if I'm in the playoffs and I pull the Phillies in, in any any sort of division championship wild card, it doesn't matter. If I pull the Phillies and I have to play the Phillies, I'm nervous. I really am because they have two great pitchers at the top. And then they add Lorenzen as their three. And that lineup can hit with the best teams in baseball. So I'd be really nervous for anyone to having to play the Phillies down the stretch. Yeah, the Phillies are really looking like uh, they could do some damage if everyone starts playing like they can. And as of lately, it's seemed like it's been seeing like that's the case. Seven and three in their last ten, now creeping up eleven games over five hundred. Only ten games off the division lead. Look, like I don't want to say that the, the division is over because I've seen some crazy things, aka twenty twenty two Mets happen, and. You, you never know. You never know what can happen. Teams can collapse in the last month. I'm saying it's over. You think it's over? I'm saying it's over. You don't have to say it, but I'm saying it's over. But it looks like as of right now, Philly's going to be that top team in the National League wildcard. So they'll they'll be playing at Citizens Bank in the first week of October. So that is going to be exciting to see. Uh Philly, as much as I hate them, like their fans are passionate and like they really show out for the postseason. So it'll be fun. I know for a fact that um, this postseason run, they're going to try to make the magic happen again. I mean, they're definitely going to be missing. um, Fuck. uh, What's his name? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Got hurt in like the first week of the spring training. First baseman. Uh, (laughs) Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins. Yeah, they're going to be missing him a lot this postseason. But totally forgot that he tore his ACL yeah. in spring training. Yeah, so like sucks that he's he's out, but uh, Atlanta could be primed for another another run at a uh, NL pennant. You mean Philly? Sorry, Philly. <laughs> I think Atlanta is too. Don't worry. Nah, they're definitely on the run for it. <laughs> it's so stupid how good they are. I look at it all the time, and it's just like it's just so dumb. Just get worse, please. Seriously, for the sake like, of everyone. Like, why are you so good? Exactly. You know who's getting worse? Tampa Bay is getting worse. Shane McClanahan done for the entire season, most likely. Kevin Cash came out the other day. He said he's most likely done for the season, and this hurts the Rays more than almost anything. I, I think they would rather have. Wander Franco go down right now than Shane McClanahan because yeah, that starting thin. The the starting rotation in Tampa now is so thin. Rasmussen's out for the year. Looks like McClanahan's out for the year. Springs is out for the year. Boz is out for the year. It, it's just another. It's just another abysmal rotation season for Tampa. They had the same thing happen last year with Glass now and Boz and everyone going down. Right now, their number one is Glass now. Who knows if he's going to stay healthy? I don't think he's healthy right now. And then they have Eflin to back him up. Like, I don't even know because everyone is just hurt and it doesn't look like anybody's going to come back healthy. Uh, Taj Bradley, as good as the start he got to in his rookie season, it just hasn't been it since then. I think he's hovering around a five ERA. That's no good. Tampa 
and they, they, like that's the saddest thing about Tampa too is they didn't get any help at the deadline in the rotation really like they they needed a lot of rotation help they needed a guy like a Michael Lorenzen to go to Tampa and eat innings for them they did not get that and now we're looking at that one injury to their ace pitcher and we're looking at like I don't think Tampa can win a playoff series because as we always talk about the playoffs are about your pitching rotation. How good is your pitching? Yes, their bullpen is still a, a solid bullpen. But if you can't get to the bullpen, you're going to have a lot of problems in the playoffs. You can't be doing a lot of bullpen games in the playoffs either because if you expect to go anywhere, your bullpen is just going to get worn down, and that's not what you need. You need starting pitching to win playoff series. They don't have it. I- I'm really, really losing faith in the Rays. It makes me happy as a Red Sox fan, but sad as a baseball fan yeah it's uh it is uh an interesting time for the tampa bay rays i don't really know where they're going to look for help now because they didn't really do anything at the deadline to really bolster that starting rotation i mean they could have done a lot more than what what they had done throughout the season and now they're going to have to uh, live with the consequences of not uh, having made the big move for someone for, for reinforcements because now it's they're in clear desperation mode now. They've lost the lead in the division. It's now two and a half back. And uh, it could get dicey from here. It could get really dicey. You never want to play in the wild card. If you can win the division, you obviously want to win the division. But three-game series uh, – yeah, a three-game series is deciding at 162 – is never a, a comfortable site. No, a hundred percent. And like I said before, I just, I don't see a, a, any way they can get better. Like they're not going to get guys back. These guys are done for the season. Like I, I it, it's, it, I don't know if I can see, you can't say like chalk the season, but like, it's almost chalk the season because of with so many guys in the rotation hurt. I really don't understand how they can go and beat, really good teams that are going to be in the playoffs. I don't know how they can beat a team like the Blue Jays. I don't know how they can beat a team like the Orioles or the Astros or the Rangers. I don't see it happening just because of the rotation. When If you're starting a rookie game two or three, that's not good, especially when the rookie has a 5-5 ERA. Tampa needed help at the deadline. They didn't get help at the deadline, and now they're paying the price, just just like you said. They're like – if Glass now is is no good and he goes down, they really have absolutely no no one. And this again was a rotation at the beginning of the season that everyone healthy. It's like we were saying, this is one of the best rotations in baseball. No one healthy, obviously, it's one of the worst. And Tampa's finding themselves in that problem right now. I don't know how they're going to get out of it. Baltimore's been playing great ball. I think Baltimore is going to stay ahead of them at the for the rest of the season, and they're going to have to go into wild wild card weekend and see what they can do. I, I feel like they've been boosted by this great start that they had, and it's like thank God they had that his, historic start because if they got it out to an average start, they'd probably be around where Toronto is. They're not. They're only they have the, they only have the top wild card spot because of that great start they got out to. Because to be honest, since June maybe. They haven't played that great of baseball. Yeah, they have not played that great of baseball. There's a lot of teams who have not been playing that great of baseball as of late. 
And there's also teams who have been playing a lot better and could possibly play themselves into a wild card spot. Zach, those are the uh, Seattle Mariners that I'm referring to in terms of playing a lot better as of recently. They're on a seven-game win streak and now only one and a half out of the wild card. And boy, is this interesting because they were looked as as sellers just 10 days ago, and now they're primed to make a push uh, in that third wild card spot. Yeah, you know, at the deadline, the the Seattle Mariners were one of the teams that we were kind of confused about. They were one of those fringe teams that, you know, they could have sold and been like, okay, we'll just go for it next year. Or like I could have been okay, I would have been okay with them buying. Like if they bought, I would have been fine with that because I could still see, I still see the team that I saw in the offseason. I still see the team that I thought was primed for another playoff run, a team that broke the drought last year and I thought was going to break through the playoffs this year. They're a game and a half out of the wild card right now. There is no reason that they should they shouldn't be able to t- to take that over. Yeah, they're going to have to take over Toronto or maybe Houston and that's going to be really tough, but look, Seattle at the deadline when they trade traded Paul Seawald, I don't think anybody was like this team is going to get so much better cuz they got rid of Paul Seawald and they DFA'd Colton Wong. But they're getting they're better. They have the best record since July. I think they've won 20-some-odd games since July. And they're looking like the best and hottest team in baseball right now, maybe outside of Philly. I think that like when you look at the, just like looking at this lineup and looking at this rotation and the bullpen, I still see the same things that I saw in the offseason. I still see that this team can hit for power. This team can hit for average. They can pitch with some of the best of them. Obviously, the Robbie Ray injury for the entire year doesn't help them. But when you still have a top rotation of Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, and now the rookie Bryce Miller, who has one of the best fastballs in all of baseball, when, you, when you're running out that top four week in and week out, you are going to win baseball games. That bullpen is still very good. I understand the Paul Seawall trade because they do have a guy like Munoz who's been stuck in the eighth inning and can't hold down the ninth for them the entire rest of the season and for probably for seasons to come. The Mariners, like I keep saying about a lot of teams are playing base, the great baseball at the right time in the season. This is when you want to get hot. The last 60 odd games of the season obviously are the most important. And Seattle is looking great right now. Toronto, Toronto has yet to hit that, that they, they have yet to hit the ground running and they have yet to just back off. Like they, they, they win three games, they lose three games. They win three, they lose three. They've just been hovering around where they've been the entire season. Seattle is playing some of the best ball in, in the MLB, and I think they can definitely overtake Toronto. I wish they maybe, like, I wish somebody was playing better, like Ty France, Cal Raleigh's just starting to get a little hotter, Julio's starting to pick it up. But they need they need more. They need more. And if they're going to overtake Toronto or ta- overtake a team like Houston, who is also playing great ball, they're going to need to do more. The pitching is not the problem. It's the lineup that's been the problem for the whole season. If they can figure it out again, I think I like this team in the playoffs. Again, I think this is a team that can make noise in the playoffs because they have that great rotation and they can go out with pitch and pitch with some of the best teams in baseball. Zach, another another team that's not far off is the Boston Red Sox. They're only four and a half out. I don't want to get your hopes up now, but four and a half out is not a unrealistic thought. 
yeah, it's not unrealistic. It really isn't. And are they officially out of it? I I wouldn't say they're officially out of it yet. All the reinforcements that they're going to get, you know, Trevor Story just came back on Tuesday. Obviously, he has not gotten a hit in the two games he's been back, but we're not going to talk about that because it just makes me angry. But they're getting Chris Sale back this week. They're getting Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck back back in the next couple weeks. The help is coming that they've been looking for for months. I think the only problem right now with Boston is they're too streaky. They had a great, great streak. They were one of the best teams in July. They played great. August hits. They go on a West Coast trip to San Francisco and Seattle. They forget how to hit. They come back, swept by Toronto. Now they're hoping to take three out of four from Kansas City, and it's been a brutal series to watch. It, like it's been in such an ugly series. I, I don't even want to watch them because it's just the, the hitting hasn't been there. They still can't field. They're still one of the worst fielding teams in all of baseball, and I'm tired of watching openers go out there. This team needed help. They didn't buy at the deadline. I understand why they didn't buy, but they also didn't really have a position. They didn't buy. They didn't sell. They stayed in the middle which in my opinion is just death Valley for MLB teams. You can't just stay in the middle and do nothing. I understand four and a half back. They're technically still in it. I think they're pretty much out of it with how bad they've been playing, how good the Mariners have been playing. But like you said, you never know. Crazier things have happened. I'm keeping optimistic. You have to keep up. You have to keep it optimistic. And like you said, the opener is, is not a fun thing to. to it's really out. not like like I understand the whole opener thing. Like I get it. Yeah, we don't have any starting pitching. Like we legit don't. But we have been running out two op- at least two openers a week for the past two months. I think it's just not fun. I can't. I can't watch it anymore. I'm. I'm excited to see Sale come back again. But I. I I've. I've been here a million times. I get my hopes up, and he gets hurt within a week. So. I'm not really getting trying to get too excited about sale. And, you know, Hulk and Woodlock coming back is, is going to help a lot. But Hulk apparently is not all the way back. He's just not fully himself after getting hit in the face. I'm excited for Whitlock, but they're, it seems like they're they're primed for the bullpen when they first come back. They're not even going to be helping in the rotation. So this Red Sox team definitely has holes. And I think their holes are a lot bigger than those of the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, the, could not agree more and just got to kind of hold on and wait and see what happens, right? Yeah, this, at this point of the season, you kind of just got to ride it out and just be like, you know, we're competitive still. We're still technically in it. I just want to be in it until like the last, like I want to be no more than four or five games out with two weeks left in the season. That's fair. That's my, that's my goal. That's a successful season for a season that you tried to stay under the luxury tax. Everybody knew you weren't really trying to win. That's a success to me. Um, Let's talk about another one here. Some, uh, some, someone coming back tonight, Clayton Kershaw making his first start since June, June 27th. Kershaw is back on the bump for the Dodgers. And this, this could be a good boost for the Dodgers who, yes, they have the, uh, the lead in the West, but, uh, you know, it's you only want to pad the six game the six game lead that you have right now, and Kershaw getting Kershaw back is definitely a step in the right direction for the Dodgers at this rate in the season. 
Yeah, I think there's no question that the one issue that people have had with the LA Dodgers this year is that pitching staff and the fact that it has been very hurt. You know, uh, Julio Urias hasn't been very good this year. Dustin May getting hurt, Kershaw hurt. Um, I did hear that um, Walker Bueller possibly may make a comeback in early September. That would be really exciting for the Dodgers for the playoff push. He hasn't pitched an inning this season. He's been out. That would be huge, and Kershaw coming back right now is so big for them. They need Clayton Kershaw because don't forget, the first three months of the season, Clayton Kershaw was one of the best pitchers in baseball. He was still going out there at age, I don't know, what, 36, 37, still going out there and just dicing lineups up. If they're going to make a push in the playoffs, they need Clayton Kershaw. He is is their captain. He is their forever player. He is that guy that they need in the playoffs. Obviously, we're not going to talk about his – History in the playoffs, yeah, that's a because different. he's had an interesting history in the playoffs besides 2020. But they still need him. I don't care about how he's performed in the playoffs in the past. If they want to make a push, they need Clayton Kershaw leading that rotation because without Urias at the top, it's lacking that dominant guy to go out there game one, take the ball, and say "fuck this lineup." I'm the best pitcher on the field. Clayton Kershaw is that guy. They needed him back. They got him back. This team is its looking like a normal Dodgers team. It looks like they're going to go out there, make a, make a nice playoff push, and hopefully lead themselves to another World Series. Yeah, the Dodgers are definitely primed to make yet another run uh, at, a, uh, at a World Series title. The, uh, the Astros... The Astros did not sweep the Orioles today. The Orioles avoid the sweep. Uh, but the Astros do go into Baltimore, and they take two out of three from the Orioles. And this is uh, this this kind of goes with what I was saying earlier in the week, Zach. I said, watch out for the Astros. They're definitely not dead yet. And as we speak right now, two and a half off the pace right now from Texas. This was a big showing for me this weekend, or excuse me, this week in Baltimore for just how resilient the Astros are and how good they can be against teams that are leading the American League. Yeah, let me tell you something. I feel like this whole year, you know, everybody's been talking about the Rays and the Orioles and the Rangers' first great season in a while, and nobody is really talking about the Houston Astros. And a lot of people, I feel like, are forgetting that these are our defending world champions. Yes, they lost a couple guys. Did you hear they got Justin Verlander back, everybody? Did you hear about that? The Houston Astros are still the Houston Astros. They will go out. They will beat teams with their pitching, their great fielding, and that phenomenal lineup. Obviously, we thought this team was going to be a juggernaut this year, coming off the World Series, adding Jose Abreu. It didn't end up working out. Jose Abreu, terrible season. They've had a couple injuries. Altuve was out for a while. Bregman hasn't been the best. And obviously, we know the struggles that they've had with the pitching staff. Adding Justin Verlander to this pitching staff, getting him back in Houston is perfect. I think that's where he belongs. That's where he thrives. And Houston is still, in my opinion, one of the toughest teams to beat in the AL. I think I would rather play, I would almost rather play Texas than play Houston just because of how good Houston is in the playoffs. We know what they've done in the playoffs the past couple of years. They're always there. They will be there. 
until this core of guys goes away. We thought, honestly, when Correa went away, they were like, oh, the core is gone. No, it's not. Correa went away. Springer went away. It doesn't matter. The Astros are still kings. They're the champions. Everyone needs to watch out for the Astros. Yeah, and it seems like they get better every day. It's like one after another, they're just continually improving. And improving it looks like they're they're they're, they're doing right now. I mean, they they have just as of recently, I, I wanna say since the acquisition of Verlander, I mean they've only lost maybe like one or two games or seven and ten seven to three in their last ten. They're just they're just recently have been on fire. So I I, I, um, if I'm saying today, I think the Astros are winning the West. I, I, I have to stick with that. I think the Astros are winning the West. I don't know if I'm ready to say I think the Astros are going to win the West, but I'll say I, I would not be shocked at all if they win the West. I also wouldn't be shocked at all if they won the West by like five games. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked about anything to happen. I honestly might be a little more shocked. If it stays like this, like if the Rangers hold like the two game lead for the rest of the season, I'd be surprised if it doesn't go a little bit back and forth. And this is one of the divisions that comes down to the absolute wire. Yeah, totally agree. This, this has, this has writing all over the wall that this could be a division that could end or or, or may not be decided until we hit October. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, I just think like the, both these teams are so good and and they're doing it in different ways too. Obviously, Texas does it pretty much on the back of their lineup. They score a lot of runs, especially with all the injuries they've had in their rotation. They score a lot. And the Astros are just that team that you just don't want to play because they're just good overall. They're good in every aspect of the game. They don't have big, giant holes in certain parts of their team. Their rotation's good. Bullpen's good. Lineup is good. I think you can pick apart the Rangers a little bit more than the Astros, and that's why I, I think I would fear the Astros a little bit more than the Rangers. Yeah, I would definitely fear the Astros a little more than the Rangers, and just the fact that they've been there, you know, defending World Series champions, been to the playoffs multiple times. I mean, it seems, seems like they're in the ALCS every year. So uh, I still would rather go with. Uh, the experienced team over uh, a team who hasn't really been there recently, like the Texas Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you see? Um, did you see the comments by uh, Juan Soto talking about the Padres? Yeah, where he says he loves playing there. He said he loves play. He, like he, like I saw a comment. Like he, I don't know what's going on with Juan Soto this year. I feel like he's come out and said some just some ridiculously dumb things. I saw today that he was calling out the 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 Padres. He doesn't think a lot of the guys are trying to win. Doesn't think they're trying to win. So why Let me tell you something. The Padres are trying to win. I, I can guarantee you that the Padres are trying to win. They're having a really bad season. But Juan Soto is just saying this dumb stuff. Like, first of all, shut up. Don't call, you don't need to call out your teammates for not like that's how to make yourself one of the hate, most hated guys in the clubhouse. He's also had comments earlier in the season when they were going to face Shohei Otani talking about, oh, you don't know, he doesn't know this lineup. Shut the fuck up. That's the best player in all of sports. He was talking about, 
uh, I think they were, somebody was throwing at somebody and he was saying like, don't throw at my team, shit like that. Like just, he's been saying so much stuff this year. And I feel like this is a guy who was normally quiet, especially in Washington coming up in a year where you're going to be a free agent. Don't you think you want to keep your mouth shut and just fucking play baseball? It's not even like, it's not like you're having a career season. It's not like, you know, you're the, the prize of baseball right now. There's a lot of people out there with questions about Juan Soto. Yes, he's been a lot better the second half of the season. The first two or three months were were struggles, but since then he's been quite good. But this is still not the Juan Soto that people were expecting to come San Diego. And I think that if you're playing a certain type of way and you're going to be a free agent, you should shut the fuck up. Obviously, the Padres are trying to win. Like, And even if they aren't, that's fucking baseball, dude. Think that I think like the athletics are trying like obviously they're trying to win too, but do you think they're going out there like we're gonna try to win a World Series? No, it just doesn't happen. That's not how baseball works. Yeah, it's not how baseball works. It is also uh it's just like you said, like just don't interfere with anything that can mess with like your team or don't be a distraction to your team. Don't be a distraction to like the value you could be on the open market next year. I mean, like say whatever you want, but just don't make it a distraction. And like calling out like Otani is just not the right play at all, or like it's just just do your own thing. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big Juan Soto fan. Ever since he went to San Diego, he's just I don't know. Yeah, they poisoned him. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> um, trying to think what else. That's like kind of all that I had, and then. We could talk about Aaron Boone having the most ejections in baseball, but uh, there's really not much to talk about just besides the Not much to say there. Although Aaron Boone is definitely getting canned after this season. He fucking – I think he better. I know he might not, but I thought he should get canned. I never thought they should hire him in the first place. Like this was – I don't care what anybody says. I think if you're just a general baseball fan and you have a general baseball mind, you can tell that hiring Aaron Boone to be the manager of the New York Yankees was not the right call. Yeah, it just no, it wasn't. It wasn't. What has he done for this team? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. Only only been a distraction to his players by going on John Boy every other week. Goes on John Boy every other week. He just gets ejected all the fucking time with his stupid strike call. Like, yeah, it was fucking hilarious, but be a manager, dude. Like, you're not there to get thrown out. You're there to manage the fucking team. He is, in my opinion, one of the worst managers in baseball. I can't believe he still has a job. Yeah, neither can I, honestly. I think it's more of just like, I think it's more of like, if he was the coach of, I don't know, the the Cincinnati Reds. He would have been fired a long time ago. I think it's the whole thing that he's a Yankee. He's he, like he was a Yankee. He had the home run. It like he's the hometown boy, blah blah blah. Fuck that shit. Fire him. He sucks. Yeah, dude. It sucks. That's it sucks. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. All right, should we get into some picks? I know today's yeah. going to be a shorter episode. Not much to talk about. Let's just pick. Powered by Riverside. 
All right, picks for Friday, August 11th. I can go first. I am taking the Chicago Cubs tomorrow night in the Apple TV game. Uh, Chicago is in Toronto tomorrow night. Chicago money line. Let's ride. Big Cub guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take uh, the Seattle Mariners. I'm going to take the hottest team in baseball. They're playing the Baltimore Orioles in Seattle. Luis Castillo on the mound against Kyle Gibson. Mariners, like nothing else to say. Hottest team in baseball, playing at home. I like the Mariners. Um, I am going to stick with old reliable because we're back and we're hot again. So Orioles, Mariners over eight. Uh, got a nice line there. So um, let's keep, let's stay hot. Jake, I just, I, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Such a good pick. Where did you get that from? You must just come out with that. It's crazy. A little different one today, I know. <laughs> okay, roulette. I can do it. Here we go. Loading the roulette. I think we're due. We're so due today that I'm picking zero. Whoa. One zero or double zero? A single zero. Single zero. I'm doing does? three. Three. Okay, I'm going to go with 26. The last number was 17. Zero, three, and 26. Let's do this. I'm feeling zero, Jake. I don't know why, but zero's feeling really good. Have we ever had it be zero? I don't think so. Not since I started recording. You know what that means? It's we're, it's due. It's due. It's twenty one. All right, one more, one more. We'll do one, one, one more. Seven. We'll just do just one more. Jake. Twenty two. Twenty two. Going twelve. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Come on, baby. Get in there. <gasps> it's 11. It's 11, but oh it wasn't 11 for a second. What was it? Yeah, I'm only doing two, but it was 11. We didn't get it. No, but what was it? Almost. Oh, it was almost, it was almost zero. <laughs> oh. Wait, the last... Three recorded uh, roulette spins have all been 11. I know we've done it like multiple times in the last three episodes, but the last one I recorded was 11 each time. Okay, next episode, uh, Jake said a reminder, guess 11. Okay, all right. I'll put that in the notes. Thank you. All right, well, that's our show for uh, Friday, August 11th. Everyone uh, have a happy and safe weekend, and we will see you back next week. Bye.